Hello there. You are listening to At The Well, the weekly Bible podcast that helps you see yourself in the stories of scripture. I'm Jarrell. I'm Charles. And I'm Eli. And we are delighted that you're joining us for this week's discussion, the season finale of season four, What the Parable. Gentlemen, how are we feeling at the, the beginning of this momentous occasion? I feel oh, great. I didn't realize season finales were momentous occasions. <laughs> but of course they're momentous occasions. <laughs> the most momentous. They're great. They're like wonderful milestones of like, wow, this is a real thing. And we're continuing to do it through through COVID, through busy schedules, through new babies, through go, possibly going and reintegrating back into school, through working at home. Yeah, this is, I'm glad, I'm happy to be working with both of you. I feel like I need, we need to start doing a intense like movie trailer-esque uh, things for the season, like this week, <laughs> the season finale. <laughs> What the parable in a world no um <laughs> but so eli you you allude to some some big big stuff there it's been a minute since we've actually recorded we front loaded a lot of this in january and it is yeah. now uh february 21st so so charles what are what are some things that have changed since our last uh recording session it has been a minute has since we last recorded. Uh, the Wesley family is now a family of four. <laughs> Josiah was born on January 29th. Hey, love it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, he's been here for, uh, what is that, three weeks now? I think it was, yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, baby and mom are doing well. Family is doing well. Aaliyah is doing well. It's been a pretty um, smooth transition, all things considered, uh, which is a blessing and an answer to prayer. So, yeah, we're very we're very happy out here in the Wesley household. Nice. We got to update the uh, about the guys yeah. page <laughs> with an updated picture of your expanded family. <laughs> People are like reading, like, wait a minute, you know, there's one kid here, liars, <laughs> unsubscribing, withdrawing my Patreon membership. Yeah. We don't want to be misleading anybody. No, right, no. right, right. Let it be known, Charles has two babies, and they are they are both adorable. Very good. Well, there's there's one more happening that's not quite to the level of Josiah being born, but very, very close. A while ago, we all made Super Bowl picks. And one of us, one of us called it right down the middle. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I said that Thomas Brady would win his seventh Super Bowl. Oh, my God. And he did. It is recorded for all time on this podcast. <laughs> Let it be known. I'm going to put that in my bio, Eli. All this stuff, Mary, teacher, who cares? Called the winner of the Super Bowl at the beginning of the playoffs. Uh-huh. Yes. You're proud of yourself? I am very proud of myself. The listeners can't see it. My arms are in the air. I'm I'm egging on the applause of the imaginary crowd. This is a big day for all of us. I've been waiting for this episode just to bring that up. We'll have to release the audio of um, our our Super Bowl picks um, on the Patreon or on a separate thing because right. yes. uh, it did not make the cut. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the normal episode. Uh, so we'll oh, convenient. <laughs> conspiracy for better uh -huh. or for worse <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah so you know 
It's Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl. Josiah being born. It's one is clearly higher than the other. Okay. And one of them is also pretty dope. I'm just <laughs> I, uh, love how you didn't specify which one was which, but okay. I mean, it's clearly <laughs> Josiah. <laughs> okay, just checking. Just checking. <laughs> Goodness gracious, we're off to a rock and start in this momentous season finale. Let's let's get things started formally with our question of the week segment. If you'd like to submit a question for us to answer, you can email us at three guys at the well. That's the number three, then guys at the well, all one word, and lowercase at gmail.com. This is a question we we came up with. I think we just Googled random question generator uh at our last recording and found this one, which I think is hilarious. It's was in what situations would you want to have the ability to like throw smoke bombs and like disappear? I feel like every single time I get a text message that I don't want to respond to, <laughs> I I would like to be able to just disappear. <laughs> get away from my phone, really. I just don't, I don't want to leave the ellipse. Because I have an iPhone now, which means people know when I've read a text yeah, message, same. which I don't like. I don't like that. I don't know how to turn it off either. Maybe it's a setting thing that it I can is. adjust. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to do that because I don't, <laughs> I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Like, I don't have, because of COVID, I don't have too many situations that I want to disappear from anymore. So my COVID answer is every time I get a, a, a message that's just like, can you can you do this? Can you can you figure this out for me? Can you get back to me ASAP? Can you no no I'm not right now. I need I need I need space, or maybe a work interview, maybe a Zoom call that I don't feel like getting on. <laughs> I support that fully. I think it's for me. It's just like conversations I don't want to have, or an uncomfortable meeting uh, where something's going to come up and I don't really want to deal with it. So. Just throw the smoke bomb. Poof. Oh, we just happened. Charles just happened to disappear right before we talked about this really sticky thing. I feel like for me, it would just be every situation. Like, I, just for the theatrics of it all. Like, because I, I work with kids. And so I feel like it'd be really fun to just be like, all right, basketball practice is over. And then I'm just gone. So, yeah, I would, I would abuse that power just to make a statement. And it'd be really inconvenient because then I'd be like, well, I'm home and my car is still at school or at the basketball court, but it was worth it. <laughs> Probably gonna get towed, but it was worth <laughs> it. <laughs> so let's get in to the meat and potatoes, the passage for this week in this season finale. So this week's passage is from Luke chapter 11, verses five through 13. If you have your Bible and you aren't driving, you can start turning there now while I set the scene. Jesus speaks this parable exclusively to his disciples after introducing the Lord's Prayer for the first time. To further inform their understanding of prayer, he outlines a situation that most people, myself very much included, would find annoying in order to contrast it with the patience of God who invites each of us to ask, seek, and knock. He who has ears, let him hear. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, 
he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So, gentlemen, what can we learn from this parable? Um, so one of the, the first things I've sort of gleaned from it is that, so verse eight, comparing it to verse 13, verse eight is even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. That's verse eight. Um, obviously different translations, you're reading King James, I'm reading from NIV. Um, and then verse 13 is, if you then though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Um, as I, I think quite simply, you and your requests, your neediness, our neediness is neither frustrating nor inconvenient to God. So ask him, um, knowing that God listens without reluctance or irritation. Yeah, that was one of the one things that I got out of too, um, that it's, there's something about the patience of the Lord versus the impatience of, uh, of the, the neighbor friend um, and that uh, there's an encouragement here for us to be bold and persistent in uh, uh, pursuing God in prayer and asking for what we need. Yeah, absolutely. There's that contrast of how any of us would respond to a situation like that. Like when you said, the guy said, like, my door is closed, my children are in bed. I'm imagining like going to Charles's place, like knocking on the door at midnight and thinking about the kind of reception that I would get from that. Um, yeah, there's this contrast of with that and with the uh, discussion of like your earthly fathers, like what would happen uh, if you asked them for something. Um, and so it really does paint uh, God in this, is this light of, yeah, just being patient and being um, open. And so I, I really like that, but I also, the idea of seek and you will find, knock and it will be open to you. I'm asking it'll be given. That's something like I kind of sat with a bit when I was praying through this passage because I think that it it reminds me a lot of um, another verse in the Psalms where David writes, "Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart." And I think that it's it's important that we we recognize that what Jesus is talking about here is not this like a uh, magic genie version of God, where it's like, oh, if you just show up and like ask me for just like anything. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Um, in the same way that, like, the verse that it, in Psalms where David is, where David says that, like, delight yourself also in the Lord; He'll give you the desires of your heart. It's not like, oh, I delight myself in God. I worship and go to church. I, I kind of like God. He's just gonna give me whatever I want. Like, I think it's important to recognize the contrast here of that what Jesus is talking about is not um, necessarily everything being answered in the way that we want it to be, or even um, being answered as, as practically as we think it might be. But it's this idea that like through asking and seeking and knocking through prayer, which is what preceded this entire thing, 
we begin to align our hearts with the Lord's and we begin to desire the things that he desires for us. And when we engage in that effort, when we engage genuinely in trying to, you know, see the Lord for who he is and through prayer and through vulnerability of bringing our hearts to him and trusting that he doesn't turn us away. Um, our, again, our hearts will be changed. They'll be aligned more to what he wants. They'll be aligned more to his desire for us. And so, yeah, I felt that was important to kind of, I was kind of praying into an, an important distinction. It's not like I asked God for this thing and this says he's going to give it to me. It's asking with the confidence that the Lord will meet you where you are um, and provide for you, even if it's in a way that you didn't expect um, or wasn't specific to what um, exactly you asked for. But there's a confidence that you will meet the Lord when you seek him. Yeah, I I absolutely love that, Joel. That's a really, and that's a really key um, sort of revelation. Um, while you were speaking, I was immediately reminded of Hebrews 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Um, the, God is not inviting us to simply be like God's not inviting us into a dependency on him that's not relational. It's just like, oh, you ask me and I'll give it up to you. You like a, a slot, you know, like a candy machine of just like stuff. Like you were saying, you, you use the word genie. Um, God is inviting us into a relationship with him, uh, a dependency that is uh, two ways. It's a, it's a partnership. Um, I think it's hard to see that because we don't relate to God in, in the same way that we relate to each other. We're material beings. We're, we're and so it's, this is the, most unique relationship we're ever going to have relating to someone who's invisible and someone who speaks in whispers or through um, this historical and prophetic document, uh, the Bible, or um, someone who like speaks through people and circumstances like this is new to us. We need training in it. But God is throughout all of scripture hitting home the point that he is vocal. He does speak. He does communicate. Um, and is always saying and reminding material us as material beings, like I am here and I'm calling you to be with me in life. I'm calling you to partnership with me in life. So yeah, thank you for bringing up uh, that up and clarifying that. Yeah. And just to expound a little bit on that, I, one of the things that struck me is, um, uh, is that verses nine and 10 is where it says, ask and it will be given, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open. Um, and on, it's more talking about a continual state of life, of like life and habit of continual prayer. And I was thinking about how like prayer often is construed as this like very formal, uh, you know, set of words, which it can be, but it's also at its very simplest form, a conversation with, with yes, a friend, but also Lord and our, our Lord and our savior. And that's an incredible gift. Um, and so there's something in, in this passage about a, a, a presence of mind of continual conversation to ask him for, for what we might need. Um, so that was one thing. And then I, one, this is kind of tangentially off of what both of you guys have said, but I was really struck by verse 13. And, and just to reiterate, it says, if you then who are evil know how to give gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit? To those who ask him. 
And I was struck by the fact that it doesn't say that uh, how much more will your heavenly father give you the thing that you asked for, which you guys, you know, talked about. And it doesn't say, it doesn't even say like your heavenly father will give you good gifts. And I was like, well, that's interesting. What does it say? It says that the heavenly father will give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. And I think it highlights to me something that you guys were talking about just now um, that not only is it the fact that like when we ask for something, um, is it we're going to get what we want or what we ask for? It's that's not how prayer works. The answer to our prayer could be yes, no, or later. And that's because we we worship and pray to a sovereign God whose will and his plan is better than ours. And we might not understand it in the moment or this side of heaven, but there's a reason things play out and it doesn't, it shouldn't distract us or discourage us from continuing to, to ask, seek and knock for the things that we want. But knowing that the scripture doesn't say ask, it's not like you guys said, it's not a genie, it's not a, a vending machine kind of God who said, if I say the right kind of prayer, the right amount of times, and I enter B6, uh, my my answered prayer is going to pop out through the slot. Um, no, that's not quite how it works. But I was encouraged to to under, to kind of read this and understand that what we don't get necessarily what we want. Sometimes we do um, our will and God's will aligned. But what he does give and freely and abundantly is the Holy Spirit. And, and I was struck by like the fact that the presence and anointing and guidance of the Holy Spirit, which is another way of saying God's presence, actual presence in our life. That's the whole, who the Holy Spirit is. It's a third person of the Trinity, but the, the actual presence of God in our lives is the most important greatest gift uh, that God could give us outside of salvation through his death on the cross and resurrection. It's a continual active living that, that reality out through the presence of his Holy Spirit. And that the Holy Spirit, what God is saying here, what Christ is saying of about God is that he's giving us the Holy Spirit to guide us to be the channel and vehicle of all other gifts, of all other responses, so that if it's a no, if it's a maybe later, we have the Holy Spirit to help us huh, under, maybe not understand that, but come to grips of that, the grace to handle that and navigate that reality or whatever the, what, whatever the response might be from the Lord um, in the given situation. I'm so glad you touched on that, Charles, because it it is really interesting. Like this passage opens with Jesus talking about prayer, goes into him saying like, seek and ask and like really encouraging his disciples to do it. And then ends with like, yeah, I will give you the Holy spirit. And it's this kind of progression of like prayer is what is the way that we talk to God. Seeking and asking requires like a vulnerability by which we kind of bring our whole hearts before God. And then kind of capping it off with like, how much more like will your heavenly father like give you, the Holy Spirit to those who ask kind of funnels all that attention to like two things of like one, like God wants you to get to know him. And two, the way you do that, like you said, Charles, is through the Holy Spirit. Like Paul talks a lot about um, the knowledge and understanding of God being revealed to us through his spirit. And that's where that confidence comes from. Like that's where the confidence to ask, to seek, and to not comes from. And that God wants to very much for you to know more about who he is. 
and, and, and wants very much for you to actually have a relationship with him um, and does not turn away people who genuinely want that. And so there's this confidence of God saying like, hey, if you, if you want to know me, then yeah, I will reveal more of myself to you like uh, enthusiastically. Like I'll be quick to like give you what you need to know who I am. I'm not gonna like hide um, myself from you, even if I'm just revealing bit by bit. Like there's a there's a confidence and like yeah, the Holy Spirit is how um, that happens. Is the Lord kind of unveils more of His character um, in our walk with Him throughout our lives. Yeah, I as you both are talking, I'm, I'm it reminds me of a, a prayer time reflection time that I had. Uh, I want to say few weeks back uh, and it was me just sort of pondering the heart of God and his intention in making us so needy and so weak um, and I wrote this um, God made this in such a way that he would that we would need him um, and that we would be aware of our need for something more quotes something bigger than us quotes and the infinite right like there's uh, Charles you said a few times on the podcast that we have a like a God-shaped hole in our hearts right um and though we don't start off knowing that we're searching for God, um, he will in some way introduce himself to us by the work of his spirit. And so we're always aware that we need something, something. Our bodies are always in need, food, drink, shelter, security, companionship, purpose, you name it. There's most likely a need for it. There's a need there. Um, and so he made us in need, but he also made us weak we learned this in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, this verse, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so he He made us in need and he made us weak so that his power would be seen and acknowledged as present and sufficient to feel the, to fill those needs. Um, and our weakness, uh, though we're vulnerable to being tempted, we're so aware of our neediness and so weak that we can be like tricked into settling for finite and futile things rather than the infinity that our hearts, minds, and souls are designed to crave and to respond to. Um, and But like in Psalm 42.1, it says, as a deer pants for streams of water, my soul pants for you, my Lord. And like there's there's this, I don't know, I, I don't want to pontificate too much, but like there's, um, in this parable, there's this truth that self-sufficiency is a lie. Um, and God very much so wants to draw us to himself, and he's doing that on purpose. And so when we're a part of uh, a culture that says, you know, the, the more you can separate yourself from being in need, the, the better off you are, God's saying, no, 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 no. Recognize that you're in need and recognize that the things are, that are around you can only handle your need in small ways. I am sufficient. I'm big enough. I am the infinity that you're looking for. This, uh, this someone that your soul is crying out to is not the universe. I made that. I'm bigger than that. It's, uh, it's me. I am the infinity. I have an identity. Uh, I have a personality, and I am calling you to me. Amen. Well said, brother. I think that's a good place to transition into um, closing thoughts on this season. We've looked at eight eight different parables um, to learn more about Jesus and his ministry, but not only that, uh, and like how and why he used parables, but also what those parables reveal about the character of God, what those parables reveal um, about 
our walk um, with the Lord. And so we want to tie a bow around that and get our closing thoughts. I can, I can go first because, again, like today's passage really dovetails into a lot of my takeaway thoughts. Um, and it, it is around the idea of seeking and knocking um, with confidence. Um, like there's a verse in Jeremiah 29 that like there's a passage that like, typically the first half of the passage gets quoted all the time. It's like, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. And that's great. Um, but like the next verse over, I think it's verse 13 is you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, um, which is a massive promise um, that ties into this parable. And I think just the theme of parables throughout this season, like Jesus spoke in parables so that people who were genuinely seeking him would find him. And so that people who weren't would kind of have that as a stumbling block. And that was like religious leaders of the, of the day, um, like the Pharisees who really um, en engage with Jesus just to kind of, to try to trap him in his words or to try to justify themselves. And really, as we've spoken about in other uh, seasons, really to just kind of create this distance of like on a scale of like holiness between them and everybody else. And so part of Jesus speaking in parables was to kind of test the genuineness of people um, and to make it so that like in coming to him, you only do so like if you're, if you're like about it, you know, not, oh, you're super holy, not, oh, you're already like washed clean, not like, oh, here are these, um, the, you're perfect in like the rituals of the day. You don't work on the Sabbath. It wasn't any of that. It was just in vulnerability and honesty. Are you trying to encounter the Lord? And those are the people that Jesus revealed himself to. Um, it was the tax collectors and the prostitutes and just like the uneducated fishermen. It was, it was just everyday people who genuinely wanted more of who this Jesus guy was and believed uh, that he was a son of God. And so I guess like my closing thought or my takeaway um, is if you're, if you're listening to this and you're listening to these parables and trying to like um, uncover the truth in them, uh, be encouraged, uh, be encouraged because of everything we talked about today because we serve a God who delights in making himself known to his people. Um, it may not happen in the timing or in the way that we think it will happen, but there's no wasted energy in choosing to get to know the God of the universe. There's no wasted prayer. There's no wasted um, time reading scripture. Even if you come out of a passage and you're like, I have no idea what that meant and I'm confused. So I'm going to go back to it. Like that is so glorifying to God and is so um it is so worth it um so if you're listening to this and you are trying to deepen your relationship with the Lord through scripture if you've if you're listening to this and you really find it difficult to read scripture and you don't have um a love for it at the moment that's fine um that is okay you are nowhere that God cannot reach you and I guess I just want to encourage encourage you to continue at it knowing that like there's no wasted motion and God is not hiding himself from you uh, and he desires for as you come to him genuinely to reveal more of himself so be encouraged in that and seek ask and not knock with boldness and confidence that the God of the universe wants you to get to know him as as he also 
journeys with you. Yeah, I I love that, Terrell. Praise God. Amen. Um, I think in addition to that, the next part of the summary that we provide for this season um, is the truth that God is sufficient. Like to your point that we don't have and not, none of our efforts are wasted if the effort is pointed towards God, right? Like, and that's because God is sufficient. Um, in the parable, in the parable uh, of the sower, we discussed how God is constantly planting seeds of faith in the uh, effort to root the truth in our hearts. Uh, and so God's effort is sufficient. In the parable of the unforgiving servant, we discussed how God's mercy and God's justice are sufficient. No one's actions slip by, slip by or slip past his attention. Um, in the parable of the great supper, we discussed that God's joy for the coming celebration in heaven is worthy of being the reason for our joy in sharing the gospel with others. Um, God's joy is sufficient. In the parable of the wheat and the tares, we learn that God's discernment of people's hearts is sufficient. We don't need to live lives constantly suspicious of how others are developing and whether they're Christian enough. Uh, yes, we're called to be caring and attentive, but not critical or condemning. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go through all of them, but like, and we didn't even plan this um, the, when we were developing the season, but as we've read through the parables together, this common thread that the qualities of God are sufficient motivation uh, for how we live our lives on this side of eternity that uh, that came to light for me. So God is sufficient. Those are some profound and beautiful points. And I'm going to close us with some less profound and, and beautiful points. <laughs> um, uh, so listeners, listen to Jarrell and Eli. Focus I'll on those. Yourself short, Carl. <laughs> Don't say- <laughs> Um, I mainly, I'm struck by everything that you guys said. Um, but also this idea that, uh, God is accessible. Um, we started this season talking about why is, why is God talking through this motif or whatever of parables? And it's so that people can understand the message, um, speaking in a way, um, unlike the Pharisees, that in, in metaphors and similes and all this other stuff, language, literary um, tools, uh, examples that the, the, the people of his time can understand. And bless the Lord, those things have stood the, the, the test of time and we can understand them and, and, and understand them in application of our own lives at, from the very like practical to the very like, let's dig into this. Um, and and philosophically maybe like dig into what does this actually mean and I'm sure we've we've done a little bit of both throughout the season but the fact that God in his divine wisdom said I'm going to reveal myself and the truth of of the gospel message a gospel a, a message a story of love of, of God and his love for his children in, in a way that people can access and that is I think an important thing to understand when we are, especially, you know, as we, um, three brothers trying to like to dig into the Bible, which is a complicated and sometimes confusing document. And to be able to say, there is some stuff in here that like on the face of it is accessible and points to the Lord. Um, and, um, whether it's parables or, or something else or the story of Jesus in the gospel or the movement of the Holy Spirit in acts, like there is accessible content that you don't need some kind of 
philosophical or theological degree. Um, God is speaking um, through his word, through, through uh, discussion on his word, um, and it's accessible. And it's, it's, yeah, you, all you need to do is read. Um, and you don't even need to do that because sometimes you can have someone read it for you and explain it for you. And, and that's enough. God will use that. I love that point. There's no wasted motion. Um, there's no wasted effort. God is accessible and, and he uses parables, these stories, these examples as a, as a way for us to access him and his love and the truth of his existence. Well said brothers. I thought that was profound, Charles. I Oh, what you're, you're doing lying to the agreed like that. <laughs> agreed <laughs> very well said well that that's all for this week and that's all for this season thank you so much for for journeying with us as we unpack some of jesus parables uh we hope and pray that it was a blessing to you in your walk with the lord and uh that it continues to be edifying for you as always you can check us out at at the well.podbean.com we upload new episodes every monday on podbean itunes spotify and google podcasts you can also connect with us on instagram and facebook by searching three guys at the well and if you would like even more content and would like to help this podcast grow consider becoming a patreon and head over to patreon.com forward slash at the well we're actually, we're really excited about all the stuff we're doing on patreon right now uh currently there is our four-part hope series where we look at the biblical precedent for hope and hopelessness and share a bit of our own experiences with hope. Uh, we also have sound checks where you get some behind the scenes looks at just random conversation that happens while we're preparing to do this podcast. Um, and you, there's also one thing that we're very, very excited to start, and that is Jesus in the Movies, a recurring series that we're going to be doing about once a month. Uh, it's talking about media and movies in the way that they sometimes intentionally and unintentionally unintentionally reflect the character of God. So if you'd like to help this podcast grow, and if any of that sounds appealing to you, uh, head on over to patreon.com forward slash at the well for more of that. We will talk to you soon here at the well.